Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today in our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 10, which says, And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. So we've been looking at this issue of how the Apostle Paul, as he's speaking of the practical things for the members of the body of Christ, how he's been looking at these saints and having to, as he says, beseech or beg them in order to actually make sure that they're doing this. And we've looked over the last couple episodes, the issue of why that word, you know, what that word beseech actually means and really, when now that we understand Paul having to beg them to do this, the understanding that comes along with that is the fact that there's a beseeching that occurs because of the nature of the dispensation of the grace of God. You know, now that we're in a completely different program, than what was given to the nation of Israel, where under the kingdom program, you know, Israel was under the law, which was a covenant that had been made with them, and how their performance dictated the idea of whether they were going to have justification in the eyes of God. The glorious thing of today is the fact that we know that we already have justification and we know that it's not because of you know what we have done on a performance issue it's what the Lord Jesus Christ did the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures And how we put our trust in that, which gives us the gift of eternal life and puts us in this position of where we have that justification in the eyes of God. So this is where, from that aspect of things, that because of who we are, it should have the impact on what it is that we are doing. So that's why we see passages like, and let's go over to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter number 2. And we're going to look at a passage here that speaks about this aspect of who we are and the result of it. We're going to start here at verse number 8. Of Ephesians chapter number 2, which says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, 
not of works, lest any man should boast. We're going to stop here for just a moment because those two verses are ones that individuals love to just quote and stop right there because it deals with the aspect of the justification that we have of how we are saved by grace through faith. You know, It's nothing that we do, so we don't have to do anything to earn our salvation. But we see how the Apostle Paul, in the very next verse, gives what should be the result of the fact that this has happened when he says here in verse number 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God ordained that we should walk in those good works, that that should be the result of the fact that we have this salvation, that we should be demonstrating the love that was shown to us. We should be demonstrating that towards other individuals. And this is really what the whole passage that we've been looking at has been speaking about this idea of that demonstration of the idea of the love that was demonstrated towards us. And when we're demonstrating that love, it's going to result in the fact that there's going to be good works that we actually are doing. And it's not an aspect of where under the law program, if they didn't perform, that there was a chastisement or a punishment that came upon them because of their failures to do the right things under the law. You know, that's not what happens to us when we don't do the right thing. Instead of building the gold, silver, and precious stones, which are going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, we build the wood, hay, and stubble, the things that are going to be burning away, and we suffer a loss of reward because there's things that we should have done and we chose to not do those things. Now let's go over to the book of Titus. And let's go to Titus chapter number 2. And we're going to see another place where the Apostle Paul speaks about this issue of you know, the things of what we should do. And here in Titus chapter number 2, we're going to read here starting at verse number 11. And it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, again, the aspect of what motivates the issue, what causes an individual to know what is the right thing, it's the grace of God during this time. 
with the grace of God which has appeared to all men. So everyone has access to it. And it's the grace of God which teaches an individual what it is they should do. And it's the grace of God which teaches an individual what they shouldn't do. So this is why an individual has that responsibility to study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because our responsibility comes in of where we take in the word of God so it can have that impact on who we are. That's why you see how, for example, in, in the epistle to the Colossians, that the very first thing that we see when Paul starts praying for them is he prays for them to grow in the knowledge of the word so that the end result would be that they would walk worthy. So if they took in that word, had that understanding of what God wanted them to do, the end result of taking that in would be that they would be doing all of the things that are pleasing unto God. And you see how as Paul identifies his target audience, he's talking to the brethren. Now, it's an important aspect to know that because the only individuals who are going to, one, even read what the Apostle Paul says, that are going to even be able to understand what's being said are the brethren, those who have put their trust in the gospel message for today. The word cannot work in an individual who doesn't have that salvation. So that's why you see how the target is always the brethren to be doing things. But you see how Paul identifies the fact of this when he goes over the turn over to the end of the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 6. And we see how Paul, as he talks about this aspect of what it is that we are to do here, he says here in Galatians 6 and verse number 10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So we see these terms being used where he's talking about that aspect of, you know, as we're supposed to be doing good unto all men. So our responsibility is that we are to be trying to do everything we can in a good manner towards all individuals. But there's an especial thing of where it's especially towards the household of faith, especially towards those who have put their trust in the gospel message for today. Those are the individuals that were to really be making sure that we're doing good unto, but we're also supposed to make sure that we're not excluding everyone else. And the ultimate way of doing good unto all men is sharing the gospel with individuals so that way they can 
receive that gift of eternal life. So that's the ultimate expression of that, do good unto all men. But you see how these terminology, these words brethren and all these family terms really keep getting used over and over again in Paul's epistles as he's speaking about those of us who are part of the body of Christ. You see here in Galatians, we're identified as being the household of faith. You see how Paul speaks about Timothy as he's writing his first epistle on Timothy. So let's turn over to 1 Timothy chapter number 1. And you see how he describes Timothy here. And we're going to read the first two verses of 1 Timothy chapter 1, where it says, Paul, an apostle Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, we know that Timothy was not Paul's son, you know, physically. And we know that because if you read through, for example, in Acts chapter number 16, you see how it identifies, you know, who Timothy's father was and that individuals knew who Timothy's father in the flesh was. That's why he calls him my own son in the faith. So that's how close of a relationship that Paul and Timothy had to where Timothy was seen as being you know, my own son in the faith. We see how, if we turn over to the book of Philemon, we see that Paul talks about Onesimus in this manner in verse number 10. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Now, again, not a physical sense of that Paul has, you know, had this thing of where he, you know, had a son while he was in prison. This is talking about the fact of salvation that Paul was able to share the message with Onesimus while he was in bonds to where he can identify and say that he is my own son. And that close relationship that they had. So these terms, the brethren, you know, is really showing how close individuals who are members of the body of Christ really are, you know, should be with each other because this is truly who we are. You know, even if we don't recognize and acknowledge that fact at times, the reality is that we are, you know, part of that household of faith with each other. And that we should be, you know, looking at each other in that manner. And that 
is Paul's beseeching them back in our text in 1 Thessalonians 4 when he says, And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in, which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. So now the aspect of where Paul is looking at things is that I know you have this love towards other individuals, that you have been demonstrating this, you know, and we saw that how you at the very beginning of First Thessalonians when he tells them and says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father in chapter one, verse three. He knows that they have this love. And yet he's saying that as he's beseeching them, that he wants it to increase. You know, so and it's you know, not one of these things of where, okay, well, I just need to love a couple more people in it because that's how we tend to just look at the increases. We look at it straight by just numbers of things, you know, and that's because the things of the flesh really have this idea of, you know, trying to number things in a matter where if we can if we can count it then I can compare it to somebody else and be able to say that you know well I'm doing more than this other individual with it. And, you know that's really not what the apostle Paul is actually talking about in this manner of you know that th- this love would need to need to increase by the number of things because you know when we just read that passage over in Galatians 6 of the aspect where we're to do good unto all men so you cannot increase in number from that aspect of if I'm doing good unto all men and demonstrating that love towards all men I can't increase a number beyond all with it so that increase of where Paul's talking about is really in the aspect of our demonstration of these things and kind of knowing that the aspect of where, again, if we talk about things from the aspect of the natural man, that there's some individuals from the natural man where it's easy to be able to demonstrate love towards. And there's some from the aspect of the natural man where it's more difficult for us to be demonstrating that love. And that's why the aspect of that, when we look at things, it's not the natural man that's supposed to be having the impact on things. That's why you see how Paul, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter number four. And you see in this aspect of where when Paul is starting to talk about the practical outworking of things here in Ephesians chapter number four, 
that Paul starts this discussion here when he said, and we're going to start here at verse number 22 of Ephesians 4, and he says, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the aspect of what it is that the aspect of how this really gets demonstrated in the life of an individual is that we really have to put off the things of the old man, you know, you call it the natural man, the things of the flesh, because the things of the flesh cannot please God. The problem is, is that's where we tend to shift into so many times as we're going about our daily life dealing with things is that we don't rely on the things of the Word of God, which is giving us the instructions of what it is that we should do. We're relying on the things of the old man, the things that we're supposed to be putting off, which the old man is going to prevent us from doing the things that we should because the things of the flesh are opposed to God. You know, that's why you see how when Paul said there in verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In that renewing aspect, that's the taking in of the word of God that's going to change the mindset that we have because as that mindset changes the end result is going to change the lifestyle that we're living over in Matthew talks about how out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so what's inside of a person is what's going to come out of them. And so that's why there's this aspect of the renewing that actually has to happen in a believer today. Taking in the word of God so that way this can occur, so that way we can live the life that is pleasing unto God, that we can be demonstrating that love towards other individuals in the exact manner that God would have us do today. And going against what the things, the course of this world, because the course of this world, you know, wants to create the divisions. The course of this world wants to cause an individual to be doing all of the things that are contrary to God's word, contrary to the plan that God has, and put us in a position of where we are not pleasing unto God as we should be because we're following all the things of the course of this world. And 
that's the problem that so many individuals have is that they end up following the things of not what God's word says, but they end up following the things of this world because they don't have the things of the word of God built up in them to be able to, you know, not do the things of what this world would have them to do. And that's really where the responsibility that each one of us has. And we're going to look at that aspect in next week's broadcast. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have some audio files of some previous messages. We have information on how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything that you read on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.